Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 4. We're continuing our study of the one another's in the New Testament. We kicked off the series uh, several months ago with the foundational one another that we are called as followers of Christ to love one another. That sets the foundation for all the other one another's. And all the other one another's simply are the building blocks of what it means to love one another. And this morning's building block of love is where Peter calls us to show hospitality to one another, to show warmth and welcome, to help people feel at home in our presence, in our homes, through a variety of ways. It's particularly related to travelers who need a place to experience rest and warmth and encouragement, and sustenance, spiritually, physically, relationally. If you've ever traveled internationally, you've probably seen something like this as you landed. It's a sign. It's in almost every international airport I've ever been to. It doesn't look just like that, but it has various languages on it. It has Estonian and Russian, and uh, there's Azerbaijani, and there's Malaysian, there's Portuguese, there's Swedish, there's Italian, there's Polish, there's Arabic, Farsi, there's all kinds of different languages. Now, you need to understand, when people travel internationally, it's not always in the context in which I've often traveled, and that's in the beauty and hope and expectation of a mission trip. Some people travel internationally because their homes have been ruined. Think Ukrainians. Some people have traveled internationally because they've experienced tragedy. A parent, a child, a friend that something has happened to. It's not always a positive reason that people travel internationally. And when you land and you get to a place, especially when you're on foreign soil, and you see welcome in your own language, it changes things a bit. It helps you feel that maybe you're not all that far from home. It helps you feel perhaps that you do belong, that you are seen, that maybe things are going to be okay by God's grace and in His plan and through His goodness. Peter opens up this letter by calling us exiles of the dispersion. Now you need to know that's actually an Old Testament church description. The Old Testament church was uh, taken by force by the Babylonians out of Jerusalem. 
and they were settled in Babylon. And they were called the exiles of the dispersion. They were spread from Jerusalem all over the Babylonian empire. And Peter says that we, as the New Testament church, are exiles of the dispersion. In other words, we're foreigners. We're living in a place that's not our true home. We're refugees. We're aliens. And Peter says because of this reality, it is critical that we learn to show love to one another by showing hospitality to one another. Peter, Paul, Jesus, the New Testament, the Old Testament calls us to show hospitality, not in general to people, but in particular. I mean, it does call it in general. But here in this passage, in particular, it calls us as believers to welcome one another and give each other and offer each other the rest and refreshment that we need as weary travelers in a foreign land. Let's all stand and hear God's Word. May our hearts show the reverence for Scripture that our postures are right now. 1 Peter 4, 7 through 11, this is God's Word. The end of all things is is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins, Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks, as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves, as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To Him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. May God bless the hearing and teaching of His inspired, infallible, inerrant, and authoritative Word. This is God's Word. He gave it to us because He loves us. He wants us to know that He is the infinitely hospitable God. Jesus is the infinitely hospitable Savior who will never turn away whoever comes to Him. And He calls us to show hospitality to one another as He shows hospitality to us. Let's pray. So God, we ask You uh, that You would work on our hearts Show us how to apply this to our lives. Show us how to apply it in our church that we might, that you might create a culture of hospitality where everyone truly feels welcomed, even if this seems like an alien place. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So go ahead and have a seat. It's interesting that Peter begins this passage with the statement 
that the end of all things is near. In other words, how are Christians supposed to live in the last days? Well, one thing Peter makes clear is we're likely going to be here through the entire last days. It's going to be rough at times. And because of that, Peter says, we need to keep on continually loving one another earnestly. We need to serve one another. We need to forgive one another. That's what he means by love covering a multitude of sins. And then here in verse 9, he calls us to show hospitality to one another. H is for hospitality. Show hospitality to one another in our homes, in our hearts, and in our happenstances. Let's dig in. First of all, show hospitality in your home. In verse 9, notice that Peter says, and I referred to this, show hospitality to one another. Peter is writing to Christians. And here, Peter is emphasizing that we are to prioritize showing hospitality to one another as brothers and sisters, fathers and mothers in Christ. Peter is writing for fellow exiles, aliens, sojourners, and refugees in this world to open our homes to one another whenever we're in need. Galatians 6 verse 10 says, do good to all, everyone, everybody in the world, do good to all, but especially to the household of faith. There is a unique hospitality that we as followers of Christ are to offer to one another. One scholar commenting on this verse stated that it was critical that the first century church showed hospitality, that the spread and survival and the growth in health of the first century church was absolutely dependent by God's grace upon believers, followers of Christ, showing hospitality to one another. Remember the persecution of that first century church. They were rejected by their families. They were thrown out of homes. They had no place to go. They were desperate to be shown hospitality. Many were thrown out on the streets regarding work because they had been converted to Christ. They were fired, let go, not allowed to be where they were before. They were desperate for supplies, for meals, for beds. And the first century Christians loved one another. A Roman historian said that their founder, not even a Christian, this guy, their founder, Jesus, has put into their heads that they are actually family. And we are to open up our homes toward one another, not only in dire need or necessity, but simply because that's who Christians are. You need to realize that there wasn't much opportunity for traveling Christians, whether it was because of ministry or because of persecution. First century inns were not clean. They were immoral. 
They were den of thieves. They were dangerous, especially for Christians. And so Christians learned through the letters of the New Testament, like Peter and Paul, as well as the teachings of Christ. They learned to open their homes to one another, a place to spend the night, a place to have a, a, a meal, a place for fellowship and refreshment. As a matter of fact, Third uh, John, the Apostle John's third letter, verses 5 through 8, there's an elder named Gaius who is commended for showing hospitality to the saints. Paul, in one of his letters, commends Anesiphorus for refreshing his spirit through showing hospitality. As a matter of fact, in 1 Timothy and Titus, it is actually a qualification of a leader of God's church, an elder, that he have the gift of hospitality. In Romans 16, Paul says, welcome Phoebe. Somehow she was a servant to the diaconate. Welcome Phoebe. Give her whatever she needs. Not just a place to rest her head, but supplies as well. There was also a need for Christians to show hospitality by welcoming other believers in the local congregation, people that weren't traveling. In Acts 2.46, we learned that, that the early church was meeting in homes. They didn't have any church buildings. They were meeting in homes for prayer. They were meeting in homes for worship. They were meeting in homes for refreshment. They were meeting in homes for discipleship. We are to open our homes to one another as much as we are able. On August 20th, we have our fall launch. We start up our life groups again for the fall semester. And that's one of the things we wrote into the DNA of this church Yes, Sunday morning is critical. As a matter of fact, we'll talk later. We can, we can actually show hospitality here as a church on Sunday mornings. But we want people to feel at home in other people's homes. Because that's when you really can feel seen. That's when you can feel understood. That's when you can feel safe. You know, it'll be uh, 35 years in March 19th that I've been at this church. Some of you who have not been around, you may not know how we started this church 34 years ago. In January of 1989, we made 13,000 phone calls into this community using what was called a street directory. Had all, people had landlines back then. Had all the addresses and all the phone numbers. And guess what? This is before robocalls and people actually answered the phone. We made 13,000 phone calls and asked two questions. First, are you actively involved already in a local church? If they said yes, we said thanks, pray for us, we're a new church starting up on Palm Sunday. If they said no, we're not involved, we said, hey, can we send you some mailings that will give you some information about this new church, our vision, our values? It ended up we had 1,300 households that wanted mailings. And then March... 12th through the 18th, we recalled the entire 1,300 households that were receiving mailings, and we said, hey, 
It's our first service this Sunday, March 19th, 1989, Palm Sunday. Will you come and join us? We had about 130 people at that first service, and then the work of hospitality began. Every two weeks. Laura and I didn't even have a home. We didn't have a house. We, we had an apartment and off of 280 in Turtle Lake Apartments. And so we didn't have places for people to park. It's like, come to the apartment complex, find a place, and look up this apartment number. And every two weeks, we had 15, 20 people in our apartment. We did all, there was nobody else. We did all the phone calls. Lori cooked all the meals. We invited people into our home with a one-year-old because we wanted people to feel seen. We wanted people to experience hospitality. We wanted them to experience us as safe people, and we wanted them to feel safe. And we've done that for 34 years. Lori and I love opening up our home. Now, over the years, we've had other people make the phone calls now. Lori doesn't have to cook for 40 people anymore. But the point is, how does God want you to use your home or your apartment? I mean, let's, let's be willing to be humble here. You don't have to have all the toys picked up. Okay? There can be dishes in the sink. You don't have to have a lot of space. People experience the presence of the Spirit when they're welcomed into a place that seeks to offer hospitality. Would you say that you're an hospitable person? Show hospitality in your home. Secondly, show hospitality in your heart. Now we're going to talk about what it means to be hospitable people. See, where the English translates 1 Peter 4.9, show hospitality, in the Greek there's not even a verb. It's actually an adjective. It's not a command to do something. It's a command to be something. Of course, a command to be something we can't bring about by our own efforts, right? That's why we need the gospel. We need the power of the Spirit. We need the transforming power of the blood of Christ to do a work in us and make us people who are hospitable. Peter's not necessarily calling us to do something, he's calling us to be something. In other words, being hospitable is part of the defining attribute of being a Christian, of being a follower of Christ. Why? Because Jesus was hospitable. Jesus was the infinitely hospitable Savior. The crowds came to him, we're told in the Gospels over and over, and we're told over and over, and he welcomed them. <clears throat> now, there's something interesting about the Greek word for hospitality, that's an adjective and not a verb, describes our character, not necessarily calling us to a behavior, although the two go hand in hand. The Greek word for hospitality is a compound word. I feel like big fat Greek wedding here. On the one hand, you have philos, which is friend. On the other hand, you have xenos, which is strangers, where we get xenophobia. So, philosenos. Friend of strangers. There you go. <laughs> For those of you who have not seen my big fat Greek wedding, go home today and watch it. So we are to show warmth towards strangers. 
That's what hospitality means. In other words, we're not to open our, our, harm, our hearts and our homes only to people we already know, although we certainly need to do that. We're actually to seek to show hospitality to people we don't know. That's where hospitality kicks into high gear. But it's not just a heart attitude toward those we don't know. It's not just a heart attitude of warmth. There's actually an, a heart behind the heart of hospitality. Look at what Peter adds in verse 9. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Hmm. Why would he say that? I mean, the Old Testament church grumbled against Moses. They grumbled against God. They grumbled about not having water. They grumbled about not having food. They grumbled about the manna. They grumbled about the quail. They grumbled all the time. And Peter says, show hospitality without grumbling. Why would that be the heart behind the heart of hospitality? Well, because hospitality is costly, folks. That's why. It's inconvenient. It's having an attitude that, that we're always practicing open house. You ever sold a house? You ever had an open house and selling a house? Talk about inconvenient. Hey, this is Joe Realtor. We have somebody coming by in five minutes. Toys being thrown under the bed. Dishes taken out to the garage. See? It's inconvenient. It's hard sometimes. It's costly. Providing meals when you don't know where your next meal is going to come from. And it's easy to grumble. See, God doesn't merely want us to go through the actions of hospitality. He wants to have a heart of hospitality. In 2 Corinthians, Paul says God loves a cheerful giver. Well, here, Peter is saying, God loves a cheerful host. You know, the other reason that Peter says to practice hospitality or be hospitable without grumbling is people abuse it. If you're hospitable, it can be abused. You can be taken advantage of. And Peter says, so what? See where he's going now? So what? Yeah. Do it without grumbling. Well, guess what? Now I need Jesus. See? Open my home. I'm pretty outgoing anyway. Do it without grumbling when someone's purposefully abusing my hospitality. Well, now I need Jesus. Because I want to grumble. Notice that, again, the context, verse 7, Peter says the end of all things is at hand. It's near. And so we're to be self-controlled and sober-minded. We need to have that attitude when it comes to hospitality. We need to be purposeful in showing hospitality. You see, the, the first century Christians didn't show hospitality out of a sense of obligation or out of a sense of necessity. It just flowed from the heart. 
We had a family reunion <clears throat> over the 4th of July up in State College, Pennsylvania. Thank you. Not College Station, by the way. State College. Home of Penn State University, my hometown growing up. My sister still lives there. So she hosted everybody. Talk about showing hospitality at great cost. Her house, 30 people, 12 under the age of five. Providing food. Now, we helped with the cost, but, and we tried to help with the mess, but, well, we did help with the mess. We made it. It was chaos. It was beautiful. But it was costly. Do you have a heart like Jesus had, like Peter had, like Paul had, like Gaius had, like the Roman church had? For hospitality. This is where we need the gospel. Hospitality is not always a gift. Okay? We're all called to practice generosity, right? We don't all have the gift of giving. But we're still called to give. Some people have the gift of hospitality, and sometimes we don't have the gift. We're just called to express it. Not of obligation, not resenting it, but because, in fact, that's just our heart. It's our attitude. It's the characteristic of following Christ. Remember, it's not primarily a verb. It's a quality that the Holy Spirit develops. The Holy Spirit is the infinitely hospitable Spirit who's always welcoming us into God's presence. And we are often, we are always called to offer hospitality to one another. So show hospitality in your heart. Show hospitality in your home. Thirdly and finally, show hospitality in your happenstance. And you know what happenstance is. Happenstance is, is coincidence. Happenstance is a seemingly chance event. In other words, happenstance occurs to us through seemingly random events every day. Now, for those of us who are believers, followers of Christ, and knowledgeable of the Bible, we know ultimately there's no such thing as happenstance. It's divine providence. But what we need to realize is that God is always at work around us all the time. There are no chance meetings. There are only divine appointments, but we experience it as happenstance. And throughout our days and throughout the moments of our days, we're to recognize that God is calling us to show hospitality. Romans 12, verse 13, Paul talks about hospitality. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. In other words, don't be reactive to your happenstance. Be proactive. Look at every moment throughout the day. Okay, Lord, how are you going to provide an opportunity for me to show hospitality? Now, it doesn't mean that we always invite people into our physical apartment or home. But every moment is an opportunity for us to welcome one another into the beauty of God's world at that moment. It's like we're God's butlers and hostesses wherever we go. And we're to answer God's door and welcome people in.
Sometimes literally, sometimes figuratively. But we are to seek, we're to hunt for opportunities to show hospitality. And then you come to the classic passage, Hebrews 13.2. You know what that says? Do not neglect to show hospitality by which some have entertained angels unaware. In other words, in the happenstance of certain people's lives, which are really divinely ordained appointments, some people who've shown hospitality have entertained angels and they didn't even know it. Genesis 19. We read that God sent two angels to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because of their unrepentance. By the way, not just because of their immorality, but we learn in Ezekiel, is because they, they did not show mercy to those who were in need. A lot of people miss that. Be that as it may. We're told that the angels appeared to Lot as two men. He didn't know they were angels, at least at first. And it says he had water brought for their feet, that they might wash their feet. And he prepared a meal for them. He entertained angels unaware in his happenstance. Now, why did the author to the Hebrews write that? He's saying that we too will likely at times be entertaining angels unaware. Laurie and I are pretty convinced we've seen an angel. I mean, he didn't reveal himself as one. We hit a deer when we were going to announce our engagement up in State College in South Carolina. And a guy immediately stopped, and he held our hand the entire time while our car was being fixed. We couldn't move. He bought us lunch, took us out to lunch, drove us, found us a place to get the car fixed. And at the end, he handed me his card. It said so-and-so and so-and-so, church insurance. Yeah, right. So then I wrote a thank you note to that address. He said that's where he was. And three weeks later, I got it back. Return to sender, address unknown. Now, I don't know if he was really an angel. And he entertained us. We didn't entertain him. The point is, do you believe the world's supernatural? Do you believe God's universe is supernatural? Do you believe angels are involved in the affairs of men and women and children? Absolutely. If you understand Scripture, you've got to believe that. And Peter's saying, show hospitality. And the author of Hebrews is saying, because you might even be entertaining angels. But let me tell you something even more profound. Jesus said you show hospitality, and you'll actually, if it's to Christians you'll be showing hospitality to him, himself. Matthew 25, 35. Jesus says to those on the left, I was a stranger and you never welcomed me in. And they cry foul. Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean we saw you as a stranger and didn't welcome you in? Jesus said to the fact and extent that you didn't do it to the least of these, you didn't do it to me. Depart into the blackness where there's gnashing of teeth. Then I'll say to those on his right, come in to the joy and fullness of my kingdom. For you, 
I was a stranger and you welcomed me in. Uh, when did we see you as a stranger and welcomed you in? And Jesus said, as much as you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. We show hospitality in our happenstance, first of all, because God wants to form that heart in us. But there's nothing wrong with some motivation. In Hebrews 13 says, we can entertain angels unaware. And Matthew 25 says, we can entertain and do entertain Jesus unaware. Because if we show hospitality to one another, we're showing hospitality to Christians. And a Christian is someone in whom the living Christ lives. You know, there's many attributes of God. How often do you picture God as the infinitely hospitable God? I mean, think about it. He created the universe. And he welcomed us into it. He didn't have to. He didn't have to make humanity. And he didn't have to make strawberries for humanity. He didn't have to make blueberries for humanity. Or pineapple or grapefruit or whatever fruit you like. God made this habitat hospitable. And we blew it. Right? We abused his hospitality. We took advantage of his hospitality. But did God grumble? He sent the infinitely hospitable Savior to welcome us home again. And Jesus came to welcome us into the Father's presence. And Jesus again said, if anyone comes to me, I won't reject you. I won't turn you away. I'll welcome you. I'll show you hospitality. And then when he ascended, or before he ascended, he told the disciples before he went to the cross, I am going to prepare a place for you that where I am, you will be. Jesus, the infinitely hospitable Savior, lives to welcome us. And then Paul says in Romans, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. Do you know Jesus? Then you've experienced the hospitality of the infinitely hospitable God. And as you've been shown hospitality... We are called to express hospitality to one another. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word and just how, uh, how much variety is in it. That we would talk about hospitality as part of the Christian life. Lord, that's not often things we think about. And we certainly, at least I don't, often think of you as the infinitely hospitable God. And yet you are. And so, Lord, for people who feel rejected this morning or feel like aliens or refugees or exiles, God, help them feel at home, even in this place that is not yet our true home. Lord, if there are people who don't know you, may today be the day they run to you and find Jesus that you will never cast them out. Father, for those of us who are wandering far away, call us back home again. Show us hospitality. And God, might we be a church that on Sunday mornings looks around us, seeks to practice home, uh, hospitality in, in the very room in which we are gathered right now. Lord, help us to show hospitality in our homes. God, help us to be hospitable people. Help us to create a culture of hospitality in this church. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand and hear the benediction, the good word from God who...
transforms our lives. And, and as we leave this morning, and, and maybe every morning after the benediction, think about hospitality. What does it mean to practice hospitality right here, right now? What does it mean to practice hospitality after the benediction? Is there somebody in your section you don't know their name? That's philosonos, okay? Friend of strangers. If you don't know their name, they're a stranger to you. And God calls us to show hospitality. Receive the benediction, the empowering grace of God. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love our God, our Abba Father, who is infinitely hospitable, and the power and fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and always. Amen.